Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So-So, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with So-So. Coming to you live from CIC Miami, y'all. Another jam-packed show. We're talking Dolphins and Canes. We got Fury Wilder 3. We got a little bit of heat action. And oh yeah, we got a special interview with our man Ethan Skolnick from the 5 Reason Sports Network. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! The Heat suck. Psych, the Dolphins suck. Yeah, bro. Come on now. Don't, don't shit on the Heat. The Heat are 3-0. Nah, we're pre-season balling right now. We're balling. We're doing all right there. That, we'll get into that a lot later in the show. Yes, sir. Uh, the Heat, you know, that will be the later on. The Dolphins will, oh, the be, right now. will be the now. But before we get into that. Go ahead. Hit me. We got to talk about our most recent resume builder from mm. last week's 365 mm. flag football outing. Yes, sir. We can add commentators to the resume now, son. I mean, I've always felt like I was a commentator, right? Because right. when I watch the games, I commentate. Like, man, this guy sucks. He should have got that pass. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Uh, it just when makes you, you a fan. It just makes me a fan, right? Yeah, I know. But it's a little bit different when you do what we did. And, man, big shout out to 365 flag football for giving us the opportunity to host and call their Thursday night football league opening night. We had two great games go down. And... Bro, we are legitimate, legitimate podcasters and legitimate commentators. We're moving up in the sports Moving world, up bro. in the ranks here, bro. I got to give you your props. You did a hell of a job Thank commentating you, on the game. And, and that you, video, that, in case you haven't seen it, is available on YouTube. Yes. We, we put out the uh, the first game of the night between the Nomads and the uh, Cartel. No spoiler alert. No on spoiler one, alert. You got to go check out the go video. watch it. But some great plays, some great action. Uh, some great interviews at the end. You, you, we did a great job that night. And some great videos with some badass editing by my man right here. Joel killed it. Um, and like Joel said, man, it's worth it. If you like watching A, flag football at any level, and B, supporting local talent, supporting local businesses, 365 flag football, that's where you got to go. And it's only available on the Sports with So-So YouTube channel. So you're not going to get it nowhere else but here, baby. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Make yes, sure to follow us so that you can get all the notifications on uh, everything that we drop. And if you want to see more of that, let us know because let we'll, us know. we're working on adding more things to the resume. So don't act like you're going to be hitting us with something new. We just want to know what you guys want to hear next. And That's we're going right. to bring it to you live. But yeah, man, that was a that was a whole lot of fun. You know, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about lacing up the cleats and going from behind the camera to in front of the camera. I'm glad you mentioned that because there are some things in the works right now behind the scenes. I was kind of saving it as a surprise, but what's going on? We got something popping for that Thursday what's night. What's going on, Click? What's going on, kid? Nah, I don't want to spoil it. You know, we'll let everybody see it at the right time. But I got you after Damn, after we you're take care make of this. Me wait. I'm gonna make you wait. You're gonna make me wait. It's hour. worth it though, All my right. G. It's worth it well, though. Let's uh, uh well I'm here's, excited. You you piqued my interest. Good, good. Keep that energy, dog, because we're gonna need it in order to get through this dolphins talk. Oh goodness. <laughs> we're gonna go into that. Now. <laughs> keep that All energy. Right. I'm gonna keep that energy. You good. know what? Because I'm still a proud Dolphins fan. Yes, sir. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was a tough L against the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Right, and Tom Brady. They came in and they they did exactly what <sighs> shit, what I thought they were gonna do, unfortunately. You and I both, brother, because a, I didn't think that the Dolphins had a real legitimate shot at winning this game, right? Tampa Bay struggled the week before in New England. We knew that they were due for a bounce back, especially coming home to face a, 
I don't want to say a weak Dolphins team, no, but, but a vulnerable. We're a perfect word. We're vulnerable. a vulnerable Dolphins team. Vulnerable, right? And they exploited us, man, you know? And the, the worst part about it for me was how they went at our defense, right? Because they didn't just go for whatever matchup was working for them. They literally went out there and went at our best guys. They went at Xavier Howard. They went at Byron Jones. They went at Baker. And all of them got burned at some point or another in the game. Yeah. Mike Evans had a field day. Uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown had an incredible day, set a record, a career record. Uh, Chris Godwin, very modest, but still had like five catches for 100 yards or something like that. Everybody was starting. Everybody ate. Everybody was starting the Bucks players this week for sure. Fantasy, 100%. You had to start them. And if you didn't start them, I I don't know what you're doing. You should just quit fantasy because Tom Brady, I think, put up 50 points. Evans had 30 or 40. Uh, a B. It, it was an ass kicking. Same deal. Bro. I mean, it, it was it was ridiculous, man. They they the they're both showed out. Touchdowns. Um, you know, on our end, you know, we got a sh- I got a shout out, Miles Gaskin. You know, yes. I, was big, I was big on him. I've been I'm big on him all year. I just don't think the Dolphins have been utilizing him properly. I feel like he hasn't had the right opportunities. I think given the right opportunities, he's going to have an impact, kind of like the one he just had this weekend. Even though it wasn't, you know, an impact in the end of the day with a W, but he's able to impact the score and put points on the board. And that's what we need from a guy like Miles Gaskin. Be a threat, bro, because it's like what we talked about, especially about him in the preseason, where we know that he's a playmaker type. He's not a big work, working horse type of running back where you're going to give him 32 carries and let him, you know, work his way like that. No, you, you're going to give him his 15 to 20 carries, but you also got to throw him the ball a little bit. And when you do throw him the ball, he can make those plays, man. Guy had 25 yards rushing. Okay, yeah, but he led the team in receiving with 10 catches and 74 yards, 10 targets. So he caught the ball every single time that he was throwing it. And he put in production with the 70 yards. Now, maybe that's a lot, right, where you're dumping it too much to the, to the running back. But the point is, he's a good playmaker. He's a guy that should have the ball in his hands, and we don't do that enough. Those five rushes, those five carries, that's not enough, man. I don't care that we're down. We need to work on us because we know we're not winning this game. Let's work on our game. Let's work on throwing the ball downfield. Let's work on running the ball and then creating the play action. Man, like you've harped on Brissett every single time that we've talked about him. The man holds the ball way too long. So instead of having him hold on to the ball, put the ball in other people's hands where they can possibly do something with it. You know, we saw Preston Wilson come back. Williams. Preston Williams come back. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to just clip all the times that you've called right? him Preston Wilson and said Albert Williams. <laughs> all the times, right? But he came back and he had an immediate impact in the game. Yeah, and did. that's really hard for somebody who hadn't played all year. We barely saw him in the preseason. And then, boom, he comes out, faces a tough team and a tough defense in Tampa and is able to produce. I really like that kid. Um, I, I mean, last year he was... I think our best receiver up until he got hurt. Uh, you know, I, I granted, I know we still had Devontae Parker. Um, and I, at that point, um, you know, he was doing well as well. But I think Preston Williams was just more dynamic as far as right. what he offers and what he brings to the right. table. He's explosive. I don't think I can say Devontae Parker is explosive. Mm. I don't I, think I, I would use it. that word to describe him. You know what I mean? And that's not a negative on it's him. It's not. Right? It's, it's but it's not. just... I'm sorry, bro. You're you're not that guy, right? And the worst part about it is, like, we see the explosiveness in Waddle, and he doesn't even get those opportunities like Parker does. And it sucks because Waddle had a drop this past game, a big drop. You know, it was a very catchable ball. Should have caught it. And those are things that I'm like, damn, you know, I'm looking at, you know, Claypool. I'm looking at Jamar Chase. I'm looking at Kyle Pitts. 
I'm looking at all these young wide receivers and tight ends, and, and they're kicking ass. And I don't know if it's because the quarterback, right, who's throwing the ball to Waddle, or is it Waddle himself, right? Because even Devontae Smith has has done well for Philadelphia and has caught some touchdowns already, and he's a reliable receiver for them. I'm not saying that Waddle isn't reliable because you and I both agree he's our best wide receiver right now to this, like, very second. Yeah. And we know that he's going to get better. But the question starts to become with this roster, how much better can they be? Because when you look at it from top to bottom, you got to look at it realistically and say, man, this team is mediocre, right? Shit, I mean, even that I think would be a stretch to, to say we're even mediocre. And we have big problems on the offensive line. That's, that, right, that's number one. I mean, we're going to talk about this all season. We're going to talk about it all year. You know what I mean? At least we know what we need to work on next year. We know what we mm-hmm. need to go in, you know, into the draft looking for, and and in the off season as far as who's out there that we can sign any big name that reliable big body that's consistently healthy, consistently, you know, uh, making the big blocks. Pan, you know, has the best amount of pancakes or whatever. What you know, we need O line man because right now. It's not working. And Tua, I know he's scheduled. They're set to come back soon. They're, you know, I just saw some stuff on him today that he's you know, throwing the ball again and uh, he's going to start practicing soon. But even still, um, if we don't have anybody there to protect Tua, are we really going to expect anything different than what happened to him game two? I doubt it. You know, I just think he's he's set up. He's going to be set up to, to get hurt again. And if he does, if he gets hurt one more time, if Tua gets hurt again, I mean, forget about it. You know, the, the, the season the season already hangs in the ballast as is. Like, we, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in the, right now. We're one and three. We're tied for last in the division right now. Right. The, the, the only thing that I can say is I know that they're trying different things with the offensive line, right? They removed the, one and four right now, actually. Yeah, I'm we're sorry. one and four. I said one and three. No, we're, we're one, one and four. four right now. I mean. And we're talking about the matchup that we're going to get into, which is going to be a tough matchup in my opinion, but – with, with with regards to the offensive line, we saw Liam Eckenberg make his comeback to the starting lineup. Uh, he played there at left tackle. That's how we drafted him. He is a left tackle. And he replaced Austin Jackson and had some success. So the Dolphins themselves and Coach Flo are not above making those type of decisions and saying, you know what, I got to get rid of this guy. I'm sorry, Papa, you're just not good enough. You can't cut it. I need to try something else because it's it's mind-boggling how we can have so much talent and not even get to it, right, in order to be effective or even threatening, and then how we, how we can translate that into winning, which is not what's happening. We're one and four, like you said. This is like the third, fourth season, I think, that we start off in our first six games and we don't even have a 500 record. Let's talk about our losses this year. First game of the season, we beat so long ago. Beat, no, 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 we beat the Patriots. With, that was so our opening game. That was opening day. All right, so we beat the Patriots. I can't even remember. That's how long it's been <laughs> since that win five weeks ago. Five weeks ago, bro. I can't believe it's already and Tua, been five and that weeks was, And that was Tua season. at quarterback. Tua at quarterback. Week one, we get a win. Then week two, we go back home. Get our ass we kicked get by our the asses Bills. beat by the Bills. We get our teeth a shutout. kicked in. I, I, I literally... An ass-kicking, okay. 35-zip. What have the Bills done since then? They're doing great things. Oh, they just beat Kansas City on Monday Night Football. Cur- just correct. kicked their ass. At so Sunday night. Sunday night Sunday football. Sunday Night Football. Yep. He, on the road. Kansas City on the road. I mean, they're rolling. So it's like, all right, listen, even with Tua, that would have we would have had our hands full for that game. For sure. Right? What was that, that second loss? Who was our third game? The Raiders. So we played on the road in Las Vegas, and that was actually a competitive game. It you was. Were at, 
I was there. So, but we saw probably one of the better performances we've seen from the Dolphins is more defensively than not, right? Because we had that pick six that kind of you know got the ball rolling for the for the defense and put points on the board, and then we saw them use Miles Gaskin. Right, and we saw them use Michael Brown in different ways in order to keep the ball rolling. Towards the end, we were playing catch up, so it was a lot easier to throw. Right, it's always a lot easier. Defense is sitting back, and we ended up tying the game, taking it overtime. But Dolphins being Dolphins, we lose that overtime game on the road. Yep, but that Raiders team still a good team. Still they, a good I think team. They lost this weekend. Correct. I think they might be uh, three and one or three and two now. Three and two. Um, so back to back losses for them, but they're still a good team. They're still they're still above five hundred. Then we come back and we ba- we play the Colts, Colts, who was a team that I thought we could have handled. Homie, they, know, were, they were and Wentz. They were missing a couple players, and they had been losing. They had been losing when they had played us. So they had came literally without a win and then beat us at home. Beat us at home. A bad team beating another bad team at no, home. No excuse there. There's no excuse There's there. There's no excuse And then that. obviously we run into the juggernaut of fucking Tampa Bay and those guys do what they do, kick our ass. Now, going into the next week's game, which is in London, 9 a.m., against a Jaguars team that we think is bad, that we know is a bad team, but then I look back. Are we going to be the team that gives Trevor Lawrence his first NFL career win? I, th- Bro, that's what fucking leads me to believe that we are going to be that team. The fact that all those things stack up against us and the Dolphins don't have enough to push through that and say, you know what, no, we're not that bad of a team. We're actually going to win. We're going to beat these guys' asses. I don't see us beating the Jaguars wow. fucking 35-7. If we beat... With all their problems with their head coach and their rookie quarterback. It's a recipe for disaster for the Dolphins. Wow. All these things are going so bad for Jacksonville. And guess who they just happened to fall in the next in the schedule? The Dolphins. They have a million questions. Mm. And a bunch of the people that cover the NFL, you and I watch a lot of NFL coverage. Everybody says that the Dolphins are one of the worst teams. We're ranked last, I think, in defensive like statistics and second to last in offense. That's a fucking bad team, bro. And I don't care what anybody says. Nothing is going to change unless the offensive line changes. Once that starts putting some performances together, then we can see if we have a good running back. Then we can see if we have a good quarterback and tool. Then we can see what type of well, I mean, changes we got to make. Comes back and he's a hundred percent when he comes back. He's not going to be a hundred percent. I agree. It starts at the line. But then immediately right after that, it's the guy that sits right behind the line. And it's whether, it, whether it's Jacoby or whether it's Tua, we need somebody to step up. up. Yeah, and start playing you know? well. We got to start playing well. Like, they just got, we, we got to, man, because that that's the leader of the team. That's what's going to, you know, help us move that ball, get, get, you know, get in scoring position, score. Dude, Jason Sanders has been irrelevant this year. Have we, have we talked about and Jason he's a, Sanders? He's one of our none. favorite players. None. And we haven't been able to shout him out for, like, a crazy long field goal or putting Nothing. up 20 points for us or not even that, man. And he's the most we're, consistent we're getting down, player. We're getting down into opposing territory. We're getting down into the red zone. And then guess what? We're giving up the ball. Jacoby getting stripped from behind, Grant, giving uh, up, you know, fumbling, fumbling. I mean, you know, good, good, I mean, good thing he's gone. Yeah, we don't got to deal with that anymore. But even still, like just dropping passes and shit like that on fourth down, those are things that like kill us. We don't have a really good offensive team right now. We don't. We suck on offense. Yeah. Like. And then the defense, it's just too much. You know, that you we have a great defense in my, you know, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree we have a fantastic defense, it both individually and as a team. But when you're down twenty to zip. You know what I mean? And there's people scoring at will on, on 
on everybody, on you, every time you know that they get. Yeah. Even one stop is not going to change that momentum if your offense can't get Absolutely points on the board not. for you. And and you know, to kind of wrap this up, like with with the Dolphins, I'm sure that their defense has gotten more snaps than their offense. Yeah. Meaning they've been on the field probably for double the amount of time right. that the offense has, and that is just the 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 proof of a bad team. It's the proof of a bad team. And that's where we're at right now. That offense needs to control the clock. The yep. offense needs to be on there well, a lot longer. We can't longer, run the fucking ball. But I just want to point out one of the, a great game this past weekend. Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah. Versus the Los Angeles Chargers was yeah. a shootout. These yeah. guys went like I forgot what the final score was. It was like 40 something to 40 something. It was up there. It was up there. And the problem was, yeah, they were scoring but they were doing it way too quick. They weren't doing what a veteran, you know, QB like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady would do or a veteran or, coach. Or, you know, Russell Wilson. You know, what we'll do as far as, you know, let's control the play clock. Let's be smart about these plays. And, and they, they even helped Austin Heckler score on that last play that, so dude. that they can get the ball back just so they can score, which they ultimately didn't. didn't. So it's like, I know that's defense. It's a little different. But still, you got to, on the offensive side, you got to control, control the clock. It. You know, it's great to score, but in those press situations that it's close, you got to you gotta dominate that. Absolutely, man. And look, we said that in the flag football coverage too, right? Yep. And we were like, yo, this team is really controlling the amount of time and not even giving the other time a chance to score, even though they may have the better talent. A lot of that happens in the NFL. That's why there's so many good teams who do that. They can do it whenever, you know. Real quick, do you think the Dolphins are going to beat this Jaguars team? Yes. Short answer, yes. Okay. We're gonna, I, I, I'm going to say yes, I refuse yes to believe this is the game that Trevor Lawrence wins to kick off his NFL career, you know. But would it I surprise that, you? Uh, if if the Jaguars beat us? No, yeah. it wouldn't surprise right, me cool. at this point. Nothing with the Dolphins surprised Nothing. me. I've been a Dolphins Nothing. fan for 30 years. But it, it, right now, Sunday, I think we need this a lot more. I think that you go 2-3. Two and, two and three. Two and four. No, they would be then two and four. Correct. So yeah, two and four. All right. Now now we're two games behind five hundred with two on the horizon, hopefully coming back. Is a lot better situation than going one and five. One and five, I mean, that's it. Wrap it up. Send the boys home. I will tell you this. We lose this game, we're one and five. There's gonna be pressure on every single body that is not named Steven Ross. Yep. The GM, the GM's assistant, the lady who picks up the phone, Coach Flo. His towel boys, everybody in that locker room, everybody's in hot water. We lose this fucking The game. guy that runs the Instagram. Him. Yep. The guy who took the picture for the Instagram. Everybody. Everybody's on, in hot water because if we're going to commit to excellence, right, then it needs to be a real commitment to excellence. And losing to the Jaguars like that is not a commitment to excellence, bro. And we said the same shit about the Kings. They don't have that same commitment to excellence that they speak about, and it's always hurting them. They had the week off. Now Derek King, you know, is, is coming out that he has to have shoulder sh- surgery. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. Tyler Van Dyke has to step up. If not, we're going to see Jake Garcia. And Manny Diaz is going to have to find a way with one of these guys. And if you don't win, that's part of the commitment to excellence. That because you, you drafted these guys. You said that Van Dyke could be the next. You said that Jake Garcia could be the next. If they're not, it's either you or them. And it's more than likely you because you haven't shown anything else with the rest of the program. Manny's in, in, in tough waters because, because of his commitment to excellence, right? It's very strong. But unfortunately, the results haven't been there. 
And when you don't have the results, it's very easy for somebody to question your commitment. Even though we know it's legit, they can look at it as far as the results go and say, man, this person just doesn't bring it enough in order for us to validate this as a true commitment to excellence. You know what I mean? That Those two football teams, I feel like they're in the same freaking boat, dog. Same freaking boat. Offensive line is horrendous. None of the playmakers on the outside are really making plays except for one or two guys, Restrepo on the Canes um, and Waddle for the Dolphins, and even Rambo a little bit for, for the Hurricanes. They've been making plays. But I'm expecting either Van Dyke or Garcia to come in here and take this job and say, okay, this is why I came to Miami. Ball out. The schedule is is tough now. North Carolina. No, I mean, what just a great lost. opportunity! You know, they thought here you go going into the season, the Eric King's final season as a Hurricane, or what would be right. Right. This, this is this would be his final year, um, and you're thinking, you know, as as one of these guys, hey, I'm just going to ride the bench until next year, or unless he happens to get hurt, and then boom, you know, five games into the season, six games into the season, and you have your opportunity. So you got to make the most of it. Right now, um, and to your point, if uh, if they don't get it done at the end of the day, it won't be their fault. It's going to fall on Manny, um, and maybe that's uh, that's what the Hurricanes need, man. I mean, we've been talking about it for the last couple episodes. Uh, you know, maybe Manny doesn't have full control of that 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 team to to take it where it needs to go. And something that I said, you know, in talking previously about the Hurricanes, all that chain shit, all that you know, swag and this and that, touchdown rings. That stuff is not as appealing as we think it is outside of this area. Because I just read today that the Hurricane class dropped down all the way to 59th from having so many decommitments. That happens because those kids don't care about a fucking chain. They can go wear a belt or rock a sledgehammer or whatever else a school comes up with. But they're going to win. And they want to win. And they're not winning down here. So having that shit is whack when you don't win. Dolphins need to take... You know, kind of that same mentality. Yeah, you could hype up Dolphins. Ju- I don't know, but I'm saying, oh, like, you could hype too. right. You could hype up all the stuff that you want and try to get that fan interaction. But when it doesn't result in wins, we're not the Browns. You're dog. not going to get the core. You're not going to get the core. We're not the Browns. We're not going to just be like, well, we're going to take Cleveland. this shit. There's nothing to do, so we're just going to watch that our Browns. That stadium will be empty on Saturdays and Sundays because everybody will be somewhere else doing something yeah. else in South Florida. Watch, watching the game while partying. This is a party town, party city. Hey, I'm going to go watch college football. I'm, I'll keep an eye on the Kings, but I'm going to go watch I'm college gonna football. I'm not going to do it in the stadium. I'm going to go do it in Winwood. I'm exactly. going to go to the wharf and I'll watch it over there exactly you have know a great time yeah man I, I, I feel like i'm at the stadium wake up hopefully this van dyke kid comes in and just balls he looked good in the in the game that he played taking over and we saw jake garcia get some action in that game too and they ended up looking good but now they're facing acc talent which is talent that they're going to be facing year in year out it's it's time to step up the time is now the time it's time to step up you know who's their next opponent uh right now they're playing north carolina state Okay, NC State, not gonna be easy, bro. I mean, it's with not, this Hurricanes it's team, not gonna be easy. And I and, don't know. And for me to be like, oh yeah, the Canes got this on lock. No, nah. I, I don't feel like that because they've not only have they hurt me personally, right? Because <laughs> I'm a huge fan, but at the same time, it's like you, ca- I can't, you know, commit to watching you. I can't commit to going to see. I you can't guys. get excited about I your. Can't games. get excited about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna still rep the U because that's. I'm Dade County, you right. know what I'm saying? 305 till I die. But 
I, I need to feel something about that team. And the Dolphins are have, have me in that way, too, where they're losing me. That's why I was able to, you know, go get a round in on Sunday so, when I knew they were going to get the ass whooped. We'll call back to a previous episode. Who do you think is the more delusional fan in South Florida? <laughs> Dolphins fans or Canes fans? Or at this point in the it's, season? It's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's a tie, exactly, Bro, right now, I, I think that Shit. the delusion's not even there anymore. I think at the beginning of the season, you know, we could have argued that. But, like, right now, like, there's just... Like everything's deflated here in the city. You know as far as football, we're completely deflated. Completely deflated. And you know what's funny is that those same football fans will talk shit about the Marlins and be like, ah, nobody watches the Marlins and the Marlins always leave. But you know what? The Marlins have a hardcore, hardcore following of people who watch their games and they watch it on TV and they're going to watch it every night. I don't know if the Dolphins are are, are keeping a grasp of that. No, bro. we do. They're still the hardcore. But it's getting we still easier. got that generation listen, out there. That but it's getting easier to just be like, oh, the Dolphins are playing who? The Tampa Bay? We're going to lose that I'll, game. I'll I'm going to go chill. I'll tell you this. There are, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have jumped ship from the fan base. Longtime Dolphins fans that are like, you know what, man? I've been following the Dolphins for too long, and they haven't put together a winning season. Or, you know, something to show for. And I just can't root for them anymore. I can't keep doing this. And I'm wondering, I'm like, damn, is that going to happen to us at some point? Absolutely. Are we going to be like, you know, if they don't get, <laughs> ever get their shit together, are we going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to be changed my, my fandom? In, nor- in neither of our lives have we seen the Dolphins be as good as the Bills are right now. Never. Right? Never. Okay. And that's We've a never had a quarterback I- as good as Josh Allen is right, right now. now. Right So for me, when I look at a team like that that's in our own division, I'm like, yo, these guys are kicking ass in every aspect of the NFL. That's what we need to be. And then I look at where the Dolphins are at, and I'm like, yeah, I'll wait for that journey for you guys to get there. I'll, ca- I'll meet you guys up there. I'm going to go watch real good football. I'm not really going to be too concerned about Dolphins football. Right. I'm, I'm going to go watch co- good college football, right? Like Alabama game this weekend was amazing. Um, Nebraska game was no, amazing. Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma, Texas, amazing. I'd rather go watch that than go watch the Hurricanes go play North Carolina yeah. State because it may not be good college football. I'll know, be interested. We but kind of already know what to expect. But we know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? It's a damn shame. It is, bro. But hopefully they, they tighten up this weekend and we get a dub. Dub for the Dolphins, dub for the fucking Canes. Let's go, man. We need it. We yeah, man. It, oh, you know what? What are we getting into next? We got to talk about this amazing fight that passed <laughs> this past weekend, bro. Player. They're, they're calling it the greatest heavyweight fight of all time. Fury, Wilder 3 in Las Vegas, Saturday night. Great undercards. If you're Cuban, you saw that Cuban boxer, heavyweight, making his debut. He looked really good. Um, was a little bit restrained, I would say, because that, uh, that Cuban style of boxing, right, he wasn't as aggressive, but he showed some pop, and he showed that he can – actually hang with some of the heavyweights out there. And we saw what the top of the top of the top of that class looks like. And that guy is Tyson Fury, bro. Because him and Wilder literally went to war, bro. Five knockdowns. Five knockdowns in a heavyweight fight, Fury got knocked down twice in the same round. In the same round. And this guy pulled that fucking Undertaker shit again and got back up like if it was nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a little... I look back back at those knockdowns when I saw him. I was like... He kind of... It it wasn't real, like, clean, like, automatic. Like, that he hit him, connected, and then he was dropping, like, how Wilder got dropped in the end. Like, you can see that last blow that just knocked him him out. out. Just put him out. And with those two times that he got knocked down, I I feel like almost, like... Fury almost went down on his own. Nah, you know what I think it was? Because I thought the same thing with Wilder. Like, and I, I think it was just a pure fatigue. Those guys were, like, exhausted. I've never well, seen Fury that tired. He wasn't. Early on, early on, there was a, you know, he, when Wilder was going at him hard, mm-hmm. 
he kind of, you know, he was kind of gassed from defending and moving around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then once once he came back and he got some of that second win, dude, Fury looked amazing to the very end. His foot, his foot movement, his head movement, you know, he bobbing and weaving, and and the way that he was throwing his punches and you know where he was putting the power behind certain yep. punches. Yep. I mean, he was all there in my opinion, and then he was out partying till God knows when with Steve Aoki that same night. So I'm sure talk he about had a stamina. Bit of help. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure he did too. But, but you're right. His stamina was evident throughout the fight. And to kind of tie it back to the beginning, Wilder actually tried to exploit that from the beginning of the fight, where he was jabbing him to the body. I think he threw like 15 to 20 jabs straight to the body and power punches to the body in those first three, four rounds, which was, which meant that he was like, you know what? I got to deposit this working now because when it, if and when it gets to those later rounds, I need him to be as tired as possible in order to, for me to have a better chance of knocking him out. And one of the announcers, I think it was Lampley, who said it, um, he was like, man, it feels like, no, it was Lennox Lewis. I'm sorry. Lennox Lewis. He said, it feels like, this was like in the ninth round or tenth round. He was like, it feels like they're both fatigued, but they're both conserving energy to throw the right punches, right? And the guy who goes down or connects that punch is going to be the winner of the fight. And that's what we saw because two rounds later, we saw Fury connect on that hard right punch to Wilder and Wilder was just out on his feet. And it was a combination of the two things, right? The punch was obviously really hard, but Fur- uh, Wilder was gassed. You know what I'm saying? You could tell that he was out, like uh, very another, just disoriented, just tired. Another big reason why he tired, he got so tired, was the fact that he kept putting his head down, mm. and then Fury, just by him doing that, was getting him in a headlock, which he got reprimanded for several times by the referee. Multiple times, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to stop the fight on the technicality yep. like that. You guys are fighting, so if you keep putting for your head the down, world championship, at if that. you keep putting your head down on me, okay, and I can't hit you in the back of the head, I'm just going to go ahead and lug my. 280 pound body on you and just weigh you down make you use your legs exert your energy and tire yourself out bro go ahead yep. and that's what happened and yep. it wasn't something that that fury was like come here i'm gonna put you in this position and weigh you down like you know you can do an mma right by getting on top of somebody but it was more so wilder just kind of dropping his head every time and uh, honestly at the end of this you know this has been three fights you know we the the, the first one with the fireworks the second one you know fury kind of, um, you know, came back and, and, and declared himself the champion. And then now he just put the, the nail in the coffin with this victory. And through these three fights, you know, I look back at it and, and all the coverage and everything and, and every all the action. And Tyson Fury, to me, is a great, if not one of the great, if not the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time as far as everything. It's poetic to watch him fight, bro. It really is. Again, the footwork, the head movement, all things considered, that guy, that size, you know what I mean? To see that it's, it's, it's so impressive. And then Wilder, don't, don't get me wrong. He, he, he's a, he's a warrior. Definitely. He's a, he's a specimen of a, of a human being. A champion. And he, in his and own he right. has a champion in his own right. And he has tons of heart, but he is never going to go down as one of the greatest boxers. No. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, Make Separate sure you that, bold right? and underline boxer. Boxer, because he just does. He just hasn't shown it to me in three fights. He has that power punch because of his athleticism and 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 you know how how crazy strong and powerful he is. He has that knockout power that he can knock out some of the world's best. But he's not one of the best boxers. I agree one hundred and twenty percent. And the reason why is because 
me being a big time fan of boxing, right, and knowing historically what it takes to be a great boxer, all of those things that you described about Fury is what makes an uh you know, timeless great boxer. Forget the fact that he's a champion and he's probably gonna fight Usyk to you know, line up all the belts and he'll probably win that fight too. But how he carries himself at that size, at that weight, with the agility, the the smarts to know where he's at in a fight, whether he's hurt, is he gassed, does he need to take a round off, does he rely more on the jab, can he go forward, does he push back? His boxing game is unmatched in that heavyweight class. And honestly speaking, he will go down as one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time, like of all time, because of what he's able to accomplish. And I just have to give that guy all the respect in the world, man, because he's come back from real personal lows, real personal fighting personal demons. Dark, dark, dark demons, yep, dark demons, winning the bell, going back to the bottom, climbing to the top again, and making a promise to himself to say, you know what, for the betterment of myself, I'm never going to go there. The guy champions for mental health. He champions for believing in yourself. All of those things are positive things. And if you weren't a fan of Tyson Fury before before this, I really hope that you watched this fight and became a fan. If not, go watch it because it, it'll definitely show you what being a human is all about. Because that guy experienced all of that in that fight, got knocked down twice in one round and came back, faced adversity, and became a champion yet again. And like you said, bro, he he's going to dominate this heavyweight division because I don't see any other no, heavyweight just, right now that can I, I handle don't, it. I don't even see I anybody see else it. that. There's good boxers. Luis Ortiz that we talked about. Um, Usek is, is a good boxer, but he's he's definitely going to be outmatched. Um, People even the other, port, the, the, the other Cuban that was fighting um, on the other card, he's really good. Frank, I think his name yeah. is Frank. There's a lot of good heavyweights out there. There's not. There's only one great heavyweight. And right now, he's in his prime. Yeah, he's so in Nobody taking that shit from him. He's Unless it's a freak zone. knockout, some shit like that. Bro, so, Fury, shout out to Fury, man. Fury that was a hell a of a beast, fight. Man. I enjoyed it. And, man, shit, I mean, as far as a show and a, you know, and a fight to watch, you get 11 rounds from two heavyweights. And, 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 and it's not, you know, it's not hugging. What, nope. It's not just, you know, stalling and feeling each other out for war, six though. rounds. It, from round one. It was a war. It was a war. And, and that's, that's why, what I appreciate as a fan. Those, that's absolutely. What, that's what, you know, brings me into the boxing world. Absolutely. And, and for me, to, to kind of just harp on the Wilder thing, um, you do have to give that man his respect. You do. You do have to give that man his respect. Because any other punk would have stayed down. Any other person would have gave up. This man got up every single time that he could to face a guy that he knew was better, stronger, faster, more energetic than him, and still went toe-to-toe with him and gave him everything he got. A champion in his own right. He didn't shy away from none of that shit. So in my eyes, Wilder deserves his fucking props. You know what I'm saying? He deserves his props, no doubt. But he's definitely not on the class of Fury. I don't think there's nobody in that class. I don't think nobody touches that. You know what? Something At least too, not that size. No, hell no, not that size. You know, hell no, not that size. That guy's, um, guy's unique, bro. Something that I saw on the way here, I wanted to get your quick thought on it. In December, since you're my MMA guy, we got a huge fight that just got announced: Leon Edwards versus Miami's own Jorge Masvidal. Baby. That got announced for real. Facts. December eleventh. Hear that? Dog. Holla Let's at your go. They kindly win the building, baby. <laughs> Damn, so Leon Edwards, you got the lead. Yes, sir. Now, that's, that's going to be a that's raw good, You fight. know what? That's great for Masvidal, and that's great for Edwards. Absolutely. They, that's, that's a great fight for both of those guys. They had that beef. 
It's always, it's never gotten settled. Now it's finally going to get settled in the proper arena with the proper hype and promotion behind it. I just think that's going to be a great fight. I can't that's wait a, to that's see gonna it. That's going to be. I had to fight. tell you, dog. Oh, I, I love it, man. Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't even see that yes, yet. Sir. And I, I, you say I'm your MMA guy. I got my MMA guy that I didn't hear that from. Oh, we'll have to get him on Jesse. the show. No, oh, he, he usually keeps me on point, but I'm sure he's already looking forward to it. And I'm he sure probably he probably texted to, you and you hadn't seen it yet. He probably like wants that. to come on and talk about it. So we'll have nah, him on dog, here for we'll, that fight. We'll have my dog on here. Man, that's a, that's, that'll be a hell of a fight, man. Absolutely, oh, yeah. bro. Absolutely. You know what? We got to almost get ready to wrap this up because we got to talk about some heat because I want to go home and watch them. Yes, right? Sir. Final preseason game tonight. Here yes, three, three and 3-0 in the preseason so no, far. No, no. We have two more games next week, I think. I think. Uh, Let me double check. There's only four games. In the preseason, let me check. Let me check. Let me check. But yeah, we're playing. Yeah, we're three and zero so far. Three and zero, and great, more importantly, wins. more importantly, the guy that we saw disappear last year has reappeared in a very strong way. And if I, you don't uh, know who we're talking about, we're talking about Tyler Hero. I can be a hero, baby. Yo, I'm back I th- in. I thought I'm you were going to hit me with the Jack Harlow. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I'm going to hit you right. with that Enrique. You know, that's the, the Enrique OG for the Latin yeah. flavor. You know what I mean? That's is, a, come on, this is a Miami-based show, Baba. I'm going to hit you with that Jack Harlow. <laughs> but hey, I, I am, I am impressed. You know, I, I we on one of the most recent episodes. You know, you brought his name up, and yeah. I said, you know what? Don't talk to me about Tyler Hero till the NBA regular season starts. I don't want to hear about Tyler Hero until then. Uh-huh. And I guess Tyler Hero may have heard that because he's been balling. He's like, you know what, bro? I'm going to make sure Joel talks about me before <laughs> the re- regular season starts. He talks about me in preseason. I'm going to go off. Now. So, you know, it's it's um, it's looking bright as far as um, a turnaround from that sophomore slump. Yeah, man. And more importantly, for us to see the hunger, right? The hunger to say, yo, that that's not me. Let me show you guys who I really am and what my game is about right. now. You know what I'm saying? And how I have evolved. Because I feel like we saw the picture of him getting a little bit of his swole on, right? Looking a little bit more muscular. And I feel like he wants to do that so that he can get to the basket more, right? To be able to absorb those punches or hits or whatever as they come in. But just to see him grind and say, I got to get better and I'm going to get better instantly. Not like a long type of progress type shit this dude is really really exciting to see right now man he was the leading scorer in two of the first three games we beat atlanta first and then we beat houston and then we most recently beat san antonio last friday and in all of those games one thing was the same tyler hero was playing and tyler hero was getting started with the scoring early i feel like that's a sign of him wanting to be more aggressive and this season if we were to see bam and tyler playing more aggressive while they're playing and even playing together, right? Because we see how Lowry is, is already running the offense pretty much and getting every single body in, involved. We see him throwing lobs to pretty much every single freaking Heat team member. Those guys are going to do their thing. And if those, uh, especially Tyler and especially Bam, if they can score more and be that more aggressive, then that just equals more free throws, more points per game, that can make the heat really fucking dangerous. Dog. Absolutely. And then it allows other people to focus on other things. Mm. You know, it allows Duncan to worry about just putting up threes whenever that shot's available. It, it allows P.J. Tucker uh, to play defense, you know, focus more on, on the defensive side and, and get those rebounds for us rather than he has to think about scoring, right? Right. It, it helps those guys out. So I think that's going to be uh, absolutely crucial for this heat season um, is, is Bam and, and Tyler Hero, the resurgence of, of Tyler Hero and, and Bam and Abayo. 
We need um, him. And not just that, you know, and, and I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Kyle Lowry, man. Um, you know, he's not coming in to, to be that top guy. I think he's coming in to be that missing link in between the rest of the guys we've already had that have that promise, right? Yep. And I think he's there to, to really navigate that, you know, um, that team on the court and, and get people in the right places and open up those right opportunities so that that way – they're the ones putting up, you know, the the shot. So without a doubt, and and it's funny that you mentioned Lowry because I feel like he's a replica as far as attitude wise goes, right, and mentality as Jimmy Butler. So having another guy like Jimmy, he's like, guys, listen, this is what we got to do. This you be here. I'm here. Hey, trust me, we're gonna win like this. Those are the type of things that make teams contenders. And I feel like the rest of the NBA is on notice to be like, yo, the Heat are, are real contenders because look at all these additions. And now we see that the talent that they did have that they weren't really relying on is starting to play better. Man, that can be really dangerous. So we talked about Tyler, but, you know, we got to talk about Max Drews too because he's played really well this this preseason. He's showing that he wants to be part of the rotation and take pretty much Oladipo's minutes and spot on the team to say, hey, I want to be in that second that second lineup where I can play and score and average 9 points, 12 points a game and do my thing. If he can do that, that's another versatile defender that we can have on the floor. Plays both ways, can score and defend, score and defend. And now I don't know what to expect from Duncan and Tyler on the defensive end, but it has to be improved because there's no way you get defensively, you know, worse defensively on a Miami Heat team. If anything, you always improve defensively. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how those two guys are going to balance out the, the offense and the defense on a regular game-to-game basis. For me, one of the biggest questions or the biggest things that I want to see, I really want to see Bam become that 26 to 29 points per game guy. You know, I, I, Some people may think that's a lot because he doesn't shoot that much, but we've heard him talk about shooting more. We've seen a couple of times where he's shooting the 16-footer and even taking the three here and there. Those are things that he has to do in order to keep the threat legit. And if you can keep the threat legit, then they'll give you that space and you can feel more comfortable in your shot. But in order for ultimately us be the most dangerous team that we can be, I feel like Bam has to be the leading scorer on the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, it can't be Jimmy. I know it won't be Lowry. It won't be Duncan. I don't think it's too much of an ask for to ask for 25 and 10 from Bam out of bio. I don't think so, out. too. I don't think that's a stretch to, to ask 25 and 10. Even if it's 25 and 8. Right, because he's playing a lot with Tucker, and Tucker's yeah, getting rebounds. Yeah, yeah. Omar, uh, Umar, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I he's get getting, that. He's playing you know, and getting but with rebounds. Just the amount of the amount just of scoring. time that he, because he is our offense on, on offense and defense, he's valuable for us. We run him on both sides. Mm. It's not like Bam is a sus on defense, and it's like no, he's our only offensive scorer. Like no, right? He's a versatile player. He can run the court and based off of that, you're going to get more looks at rebounds. You're a big guy. You're a big body. There's no reason why you can't get your own rebound, maybe get more active on the offense. You know what I'm saying? And then be that 25 and 10 guy. I don't think that's that's out of this world to, to ask for, but I agree. In that range. Now, if you're going 25 and 2 and 3 with that, you know, with that size, it's like you're not creating more opportunities for yourself, in my opinion. And even for the rest of your teammates. That, and and uh, that 25 point might just be the sweet spot because last year he averaged 20 almost, right? He averaged 19.8 or whatever, 19.8, pretty much 20 points per game. But he missed a lot of free throws. He was a bad free throw shooter last year. And those are easy ways to keep those stats up, right? Mm -hmm. When you go to the line nine times in a night, you make seven, make six, you know, make eight. 
You don't need to be a 90% free throw shooter. I'm not asking that from Bam, but shit, even 75% will add four points to your average. You know what I mean? So him achieving that 25 points per game night in, night out, I feel like he can really do it if he focuses on his offense. He's got to let go of the defense responsibilities a little bit more, knowing that he can trust those guys that he has there. The Tucker, the Butler, Lowry even, because Lowry's going to be great defending the arc and defending the three-point line. Mm-hmm. So Bam's not really going to have to do too much defensively because the, de- the Heat will be an automatic defensive team. But offensively, he he does need to score on the free-throw line because that's where he's going to be able to make that difference on the points-per-game average being 25 or higher. And, Absolutely. And that'll, that can fuck around and put us in the first position, second position in the East because our only competition really in the East, if we're being serious about it, is Milwaukee and the Nets, right? We've got to figure out ways to beat these guys and, and, and play physical while we do it. And to, to, ride, to ride with your train of thought from last season, the Nets – their issues right now with Kyrie Ooh. and, you know, everything that's going on with, you know, New York yep. and the vaccine and his stance on the vaccine. If Kyrie's not available for the majority of those games, what can we really expect from those Brooklyn Nets? Right. We just got to worry about Milwaukee. And we just and, took one of their best one of their, one of their best defenders. So puts us in a really great position, man. Um, if you're a Heat fan, there's a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. We have a lot to look forward to, man. And this season is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. Something else that was a lot of fun, our interview earlier with Five Reasons own Ethan Skolnick, who was nice enough to join us while we get ready for this Heat preseason game tonight between Charlotte Hornets and your own Miami Heat. It's time to get into this interview. Welcome back, y'all. Now we have a very special guest joining us today. He's been covering South Florida sports and the Miami Heat for almost two decades in South Florida, and he is the creator and CEO of the Five Reasons Sports Network, none other than Mr. Ethan Skolnick. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, good to be with you. You're you're actually making me feel younger than I actually am, because it's actually been 25 years, if you can believe that. uh, Perfect. I think it sounds better when you say like around two decades. It's a good word to throw around. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I would I, I would agree with that. Awesome, <laughs> man. That. Um, Ethan, we know that you're going to be in the building tonight for the Heat's preseason mm-hmm. game. And something that I wanted to ask you and the reason why we brought you on here, the first question we have for you, um, mainly with the recent additions that the Heat have made to this roster, um, how mm-hmm. have you seen Bam's progression as a Miami Heat player and even internationally as he won the Olympic gold medal this summer? Um, how is he going to be able to translate all of that into Miami Heat success? Well, I, I don't think it can hurt. Let's just start there. I mean, there's no way to guarantee it'll help, but it can't hurt. I mean, he's, he was around great players. I, I think the biggest thing with Bam, we've discussed it a lot on Five on the Floor, is that it's not about ability with him. It, it's about mindset. And, you know, he's a guy who has never been a go-to player on a team. Uh, if you go all the way back to AAU, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky is playing with Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, he was not the go-to guy there. With the Heat, you know, he was brought in as, as Whiteside's backup to begin with. And so he's not an alpha. It's just not his personality to be an alpha. And so it's going to take some adjustment. When you play around the, some of the best players in the world, the Jason Tatum, the Bradley Beals, well, Beal didn't make it all the way out there, but Devin Booker, et cetera, right. uh, you know, and, and, and you, you get that belief because they believe in you. And I so I do think that is going to be a big difference for him. I, I think that, uh, he comes back more confident, I think, to understanding where he is in the league. They did win the gold medal. It started slow, but you know they, they did finish it off. I think that will help. And I also think that it's a clear, there's a clear understanding now of what they need from him. Um, 
He was not a max player last year. I mean, for everybody's like, well, that's our max player. He's not shooting enough. Mm-hmm. He wasn't making max money last year. Now he is this year. <laughs> yes, and now so the expectations on. change. Yeah, the expectations change. And also, um, you know, Kyle Lowry has been brought in for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, a lot of which we've seen play out here in the first couple of preseason games. But, and one of which is that, you know, he's Jimmy Butler, you know, one of his best friends. But also, he was brought in to bring it out of band. And, and everything he has talked about since, and done since, if you watch on the court, when Kyle Lowry sends the ball into Bam out of bio and Bama sends it back out, Kyle sends it back in. Okay, there, there's not going to be any of this, you know, I'm going to defer, I'm going to set up dribble handoffs for Duncan Robinson. I mean, will that be part of their offense? Yes. But Kyle is going to force him to be aggressive. And I think Jimmy, mm-hmm. I think some of what you saw, the frustration, the wear on Jimmy last year was his feeling that he had to do everything because he was the only alpha on the team. Now that they have one in Kyle Lowry, Kyle and Jimmy together can work on Bam to bring it out of it. Because Bam's athletic upside is above either Kyle's or Jimmy's. It's just a question of him believing in it. So I, I think he's going to have a great season. Um, I think they've simplified things for him this year. Uh, and at the same time, he'll be as dynamic defensively as he's ever been because the players around him, he doesn't have to cover up for as many guys as he did last season. So I, I'm expecting a big season from Bam. Yeah, so are we. And, and something that you touched on was his Kentucky days where he wasn't the first or second option. And most of the nights he had to kind of take a step back. So I don't know if he ever got used to it, like you said. And um, for me, I'm, I'm just hoping that he becomes that dominant player on the floor. Maybe not necessarily verbally or with his actions, but just being able to be the guy night in and night out where we can depend on to say, this is the guy who's going to bang for us, get rebounds and, and make some big buckets. Um, something else that I wanted to talk to you about, because I saw your tweet on Tyler Hero being the leading scorer mm-hmm. for this year for the Heat and, I was, yeah. and it, and it kind of like struck something in my mind to say well damn if Bam's projection right and right. the ability that he has continues to grow he should be one of those guys that competes for the leading scorer title I guess on the Heat what have you yeah. seen from Tyler in these past couple of preseason games because he's been killing it what have you seen privately and like on the court in the practices that can you know kind of lead credence, uh, credit to that well, look, I, it's a, I'm a little out on a limb, okay, but I was a little, I was, but I was a little out on a limb, and then Tyler had three games like that, so I, I feel a little more comfortable with it. I, I will say this: the Heat, the Heat will be better off if either Bam or, or Tyler lead them in scoring, mm. uh, because that means that there is progression from the two of them. You, you don't want Jimmy or Kyle to lead you in scoring; it, they do so many other things, and obviously they're both up there in age compared to the other two that. You're better off as a franchise and for this season if Bam and Tyler are taking that additional aggressive step. Um, mm-hmm. For Tyler, leading them in scoring would mean being incredibly efficient, which he was not last year, particularly from three. It would mean him taking control of the bench unit and making it one of the better bench units in the league instead of something that we're going into the season thinking, mm, I don't know if they have enough depth there. And from Bam's perspective, if he leads them in scoring, it means he's taken that mindset step, right, to be aggressive every night. So I think best case scenario is it's one of the two. Uh, if it's Jimmy or Kyle, I don't think it's going to be Kyle. I don't think that's what Kyle has come here to do. I think he'll probably be fourth or fifth in scoring on the team, actually. But uh, maybe even with Duncan ahead of him, I, I think they're going to have. I think they're going to have five guys. You know, again, barring the Oladipo comeback, you know, to to a full scoring role, I think they're going to have five guys who average at least thirteen points. Um, I, I think they're going to have five probably between. 13 and 19 or 13 and 20. I don't think they're going to have anybody at 21, 22, 23. Now, I do think the thing that could favor Sam or Jimmy from a scoring perspective is that both of them get to the line a lot. Uh, 
And so there'll be a lot of, if the Heat are as good as we think they can be, they'll be ahead in a lot of games. And Jimmy and Bam will kind of, are both, you know, Jimmy in particular, but Bam is, is confident, are good enough free throw shooters that they'll rack up, you know, four, five, six points, you know, down the stretch of games. And, and that could sort of push this over the top. But I do think with Tyler, there's a real opportunity here. You know, he's talked a lot about the mid-range game, and I think, you know, that gets him closer to being a three-level scorer. I agree with you, and the reason why is because he has those abilities or those threats offensively, especially that's tailored made to today's NBA game, right, where he's very shifty with his dribbling, he has a very quick release, and he's able to, to attack towards the rim aggressively in order to pull mm-hmm. up. And, you know, and something that I thought about also with him is if he's able to score more, that probably takes a little bit pressure off of Duncan and allows him to become a little bit more freer in that second rotation where those guys are, are looking at each other like, all right, you take the role now, now I'll take the role, and they can go back and forth and kind of provide some some type of heavy scoring for the Heat in that manner. Yeah, no doubt. And I think one of the things that they'd like to see this year is, is that Tyler and Duncan improve defensively enough that the two of them can play together more right. consistently. Um, and, and I think, you know, my co-host Alex Toledo kind of nabbed this early last season and it proved to be true. You can, you can survive with two kind of mediocre to average defenders on the court. Uh, you can't survive with three. And, and too often last year, the Heat, you know, Spolster had to make a choice. You know, he was either going to go with a defensive lineup, which was going to give him no offense, like in, with Ariza, Iguodala, et cetera. Correct. Or he was going to go with an offensive lineup with Dragic, Hero, Robinson, and none, which was going to be a sieve defensively. I, I, I think that there's a little better balance on this roster. You, you can put out, again, this is even without Depot, you can put out a lineup, you know, of Bam Tucker, who's not a plus offensive player, okay, but Bam Tucker, Jimmy, Lowry, and either Hero or Robinson, and you'll have four-plus defenders on the floor, and you probably will be able to score enough because Lowry, you'll at least be an average offense because Lowry will create easy opportunities, and if you get enough shooting from Hero or Robinson to space the floor, Bam expands his game a little bit. There should be enough offense there. Last year, that was not really an option. When you went with the defensive lineups, you didn't have enough offense. And so I, I feel like that is why they're, they believe they're in better shape this year because there's better balance on the roster in terms of you don't have a bunch of one-way players. Kyle Lowry is a two. You've added another two-way player to the mix, offense and defense. That makes a huge difference. They're never going to be in a situation where they have three bad defenders on the floor at the same time. Um, and and that, that was the case a lot last season. And it was critical to their playoff success or lack thereof of success in the playoffs because we saw what – not having that point guard or at least a point guard who can defend and make a couple of buckets, what it did to us. And the addition of mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry is definitely going to add to that factor because he is a guy who can hit some big shots. Like you said, we don't need him to be a 20-point game type of guy, but he'll go in there and give you your 12, 15 a night because he's going to hit some big threes. He'll get to the free throw line and he'll couple, hit a couple of layups here and there. Now, in terms of Kyle Lowry and the rest of the additions that we made, obviously with P.J. Tucker, we also got him. Uh, one of those crazy Morris brothers in the building, which I think <laughs> doesn't hurt at all when it comes to defense. What do you think the, um, the key is to them having a, a big impact on this heat season? Because we know that we've seen this team be really good at times, right? They made it to the finals in the bubble. We had uh, up and down last year, but at the times where we needed to be our best, we could and we could be 
other teams, especially the Bucks and the Nets. And now that we have to compete with those two teams specifically for the top spot in the East, I'm kind of wondering what do you think will be the biggest uh, or is the biggest addition from those guys that we added this year? Well, I, I think PJ kind of jumps off because I think he's going to give them, as long as they use him correctly and don't overuse him, I think he's going to give them a lot of what they missed when Jay Crowder left. Um, yes. it, it, and, and, you know, if, if you're going to play small, in other words, you're going to play Bam at the five, which still seems to be the direction that, that Spolcher wants to go, right. uh, then you, you essentially have to have a four who can at least box out his man. Okay, I mean, I, I mean that's a little thing, but it's important. And I, I think we've seen it. That when, when, you know, I, even in the, I watched it in the scrimmage and in the first preseason game where Tucker just takes up space. And, and so the ability to take up space and box out your guy will allow Bam to be a better rebounder. It will help the defense. They didn't really have that last year. They didn't have that additional screener. They didn't have that additional, you know, sort of, you know, assist, you know, team rebounder. They, they just didn't have it. Now he's not going to have a bunch of double digit point games. He's not going to have. Uh, a lot of double-digit rebound games. But, but I do think that what he adds, again, provided that they're able to kind of, you know, nurse it a little bit to get him to the postseason, I think is going to be critical. I, I don't know about Marquise Morris yet. I, I have to see a little bit more. He, he had a bad year last year. I, I don't know if it was situational and kind of the role that he really couldn't get comfortable or if there's a decline that's come. Um, he, he is, unlike PJ, he, he's a little bit more reliant on on not athleticism but he was a scorer early in his career i i don't there's certain things that made him valuable early in his career that i don't know if he can still do uh whereas uh, pj what, what he's being asked to do now i i think he can do at his age i don't i don't think anything is has changed significantly um in that regard so i, I don't i don't think there's going to be you know a, any any issue there basically i i think that you know i think he's going to be fine um, you know, I, and then, you know, there are other additions on there. We'll see how much he plays. I don't think it's going to be a lot early. I think this is a little bit of a developmental project. Uh, I, you know, Shrews and Vincent are really the guys they're counting on. I mean, I, you know, at least until Depot is back, I mean, Vincent's going to get a look and, and he looks much more comfortable to me as a point guard. I think the thing with, with Gabe is, can he do the one thing that they thought he could do, which was shoot? If, yeah. if he can shoot at about a 35% clip from three, then he can be a very effective player for them in limited minutes because he does defend. He has some instinct um, as far as as uh, as shooting and scoring right. uh, and and setting up an offense. I just think that he just got to shoot the ball well. And but but I, look, I, I like their mix. I have some questions about the depth. I, I still do, even after we've seen it look pretty good. Uh, I think Deadman will be fine in his role. Um, you know, Duncan to me was the guy they had to re-sign. And then Oladipo becomes the wild card. I mean, I, you know, if he can get back to seventy to seventy-five percent of what he was then he elevates a team that I think is going to be good to a team that potentially could be great. Uh, and, you know, but it's just, there's no way to count on it right now. To me, beyond him getting healthy, he doesn't look in shape. I mean, he looks, yeah. he looks to me, you know, just standing next to him. He, I, I covered him a little bit his first two seasons in Orlando because I was, I was a national writer at the time, and I spent some time up there. I mean, he, he looks a lot thicker to me and not necessarily the right way. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, they're going to have to, when, once he's, he's healthy enough to do their full conditioning program. I think that's going to be a major project for them. 
Yeah, I think so too. I, and I kind of get the sense of where you're where you're heading with the Oladipo thing, right? We don't want a Dion Waiters 2.0 hap- type of situation right. happening, right? We want this guy to be back and in shape and ready to play. And one of the guys that you mentioned, which is Omar, um, he's really like an X factor for me because we've never had a center who can really shoot that well and defend all at the same time. It's either been one or the other, right? And Playing Bam at the five, it does work for a majority of the games, but we, we have seen instances where he can use a big body defender down there in the center position who's just going to take up space. Kind of like what you said about PJ Tucker. The guy's 6'9, but he plays like he's 7'2 and 320 pounds. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I said this is not a vertical team. They don't have a lot of high flyers, it's a horizontal team. They have a lot of guys who take up space. Kyle takes up space, as we know. PJ right. takes up space. Jimmy takes up space. Uh, you know, I, I think that is kind of the direction. They're going to be a hard team to get through. I, I don't think they're going to go over teams. Bam is really their only elite athlete. Uh, but I, and even Max Schroes, you know, he, he's, he's kind of a wide body. Like mm-hmm. he, he's, you know, he, he's, and he's, he's strong. And, long um, and, arms and I think, too, right? and long arms. And, and I, and look, Duncan, Duncan and Tyler have both gotten a little stronger too. Particularly Tyler, obviously, we talked about kind of his leg work, but, you know, I think Duncan looks a little bit bigger to me too. I, I think they're going to be, they're going to be physical. They're going to be tough to get around. I, but I don't think, you know, it's not a Derrick Jones Jr. team. I mean, this is this is right. a different kind of team. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. I don't think they looked at Milwaukee and Brooklyn and said, we need to out-athleticism. I, I think they looked at it with Milwaukee. That's a physical team. They, they defend you. Okay, Middleton, right. Holiday, Giannis, uh, you have to be physically strong. I just don't – I think they – combination of being emotionally and physically kind of worn down last year and just not having the horses by the end of the season is why it looked like that. Right. I think they're much better equipped this season to, to compete with them. We think so too, man. And I think that's the greatest way that we can wrap up this conversation. Ethan, thank you so much for joining us. Tell the people where they can find not only the five reasons sports network, but all of the other uh, various outlets that you guys have. Yeah, just find us. I mean, the best way, fivereasonsports.com, you know, no paywall content, but also, uh, the Twitter handle will get you everything. So go to at five reasons sports. That's the number five or the Instagram account. Uh, Twitter is where we primarily operate. And then the five reasons YouTube channel, pre and post game off every heat game. Once the season starts, they are doing a post game tonight too. I don't know why, but they are. Uh, and we'll, we'll, ha- we'll have a podcast. On five on the floor, five on the floor, three yards per carry are our two primary podcasts. You can check that out as well. Awesome. We'll make sure to retweet that and let everybody know where they can continue to find you guys. Ethan, like I said, thank you so much for the time, and we'll talk sooner than later. All right. Have a great time at the game tonight. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks, Ethan. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed that interview. And once again, a big thank you to Ethan from Five Reasons Sports Network for joining us. Make sure you guys catch up on all his work and the rest of his crew. They're doing great things over there at FiveReasonsNetwork.com. Joel. FiveReasonsSports.com. FiveReasonsSports.com. Joel. Huge shout out to you him, know, though, man. I can't believe that. That was a know, great, great interview. Absolutely, man. He's the greatest. Yeah, man. And um, you know what we got to do, bro? We got to tell everybody what time it is. That's it, baby. It's Welcome time to back. tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend about this dope podcast that we got here. And yes, you must tell them that we had an amazing interview today with Ethan Skolnick from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Okay, make sure you guys are checking checking us on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube, man. Don't forget, watch our latest TikTok. video. We're out there, baby. Five Flag Football up on YouTube now. Go check that out. Drop a like and follow. And drop a comment. Let us know what you guys think about the Ethan interview. We're yeah. going to have more people on. So 
be looking out for that, all right? Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.